Yes, yes, everybody. Welcome to the final episode of Series 2 of the FIFA Play On podcast. I'm so gutted it's nearly over, but don't worry. We've got a brilliant episode for you to enjoy today. We're talking to a real legend in our final fieldwork interview. You do not want to miss this. And with everything still on the line in our Versus feature, Alvaro and I find out who will be crowned the FIFA Play On Versus champion. Make sure you stay tuned for that. Let's get into it. Let's see who we're talking to in this week's Fieldwork interview. Hey everyone, ciao a tutti. Welcome to Fieldwork, the section of our show where we talk to a footballer about their life, their loves, and maybe a little bit about their musical passions. Our guest this week needs no introduction. It's Italian legend Alessandro Del Piero. During Alessandro's glittering career, he won six Serie A titles and a Champions League with his beloved Juventus, my old club, and became their club record goalscorer. As an Italian international, he won the FIFA World Cup in 2006 in what he later described as a fulfillment of a childhood dream. This guy has been there and done it all. Alessandro Del Piero, welcome to the FIFA Play On podcast. How are you doing today? Thank you, Eddie. Uh, I'm good. There's a beautiful sun here because I live in LA. Nice. Uh, far from my beloved uh, Italy. But uh, everything is okay. Everything is fine. Amazing. There's so much football to talk to you about today. We've been so excited. But can you take us back to where it all started for you, Alessandro? How did it all begin? What are some of your f- earliest football memories? It started in the little, little town between Treviso and Venice, where I was born. And then from, actually, my first picture was me holding a ball. I don't know if I ever, even one years old. And we're talking about pictures, you know, photos that it's not like this now that we are digital. In that time, a picture was yeah. an incredible big moment. So that moment is my first <laughs> picture with the ball. And this is how we start. And I, for what I remember, I play football anywhere, everywhere, and all the time. At school, not during the lesson, of course, but uh, at school, at home, inside home, outside home, breaking glasses and, uh, and mirrors <laughs> and other stuff. So Classic. this is how it works. <laughs> Alessandro, I was born in 1987 and I started watching football about six years old when Serie A was a thing to watch on TV in the 90s. How did it feel to be part of that, you know, Italian football at that time? You know, it was just, it was what everybody watched. Certainly in England, it's what everybody watched. For me, you know, when you grow up year by year, you understand more about the culture, how it's important, this uh, football in our country, how people related with the sport. Uh, and then at 16 years old, it was my first appearance in a professional football with Padova. And then I say, whoa, that's something happened for real now. Maybe I can do something. Mm. And then and on the bottom of my heart, from day one, I, of course, I was dreaming to play in Serie A and to play with mm. the national team and to win every single trophy in the world. <laughs> you, you dream big when you, when, when you are with yourself, but you don't want to share too much because people see me, that little guy, what he's talking about. But your mind, your mindset has to be like this. I mean, talking about, Alessandro, about winning everything, you actually won something that is very representative of an incredible footballer, you know, because you won the Italian Footballer of the Year in 98, and then you won it also in 2008. Like, who wins... 10 years after, <laughs> you know, that is uh, amazing. Yeah, it's very particular situation. Yeah, in 98, I was in the prime of my 
of my career before my injury. And one year later, the Danny were born. So <laughs> it's funny. I can be your father, Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> it's not funny for me, but, you know, this is the reality. Uh, and then after 10 years happened a lot of things with the 2006, with the World Cup and the relegation for Juventus and what happened later, you know, we got promoted straight away mm. uh, and I won the goal scorer for, for even Serie B and Serie A straight away, two in, two in a row. So it was a really big uh, comeback for any point of view and, you know, at 34 years old, something that was unusual to see or maybe had a good relation with the, the voters. I don't know, but it happened, so... You never know, right? Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned that it was a dream of yours to win so many trophies, and, and yeah. you, clearly your, your dream came true. So let's talk about your international career. Obviously, Italy are one of the most decorated teams. How does it feel to be a legend of Italian football, to be written into the history of Italian football? It's definitely priceless. Mm. Uh, in Italy, football is really not only part of the culture. It's a very important part of your life, day by day. Yes. Uh, you, you take a joke with your friends, you know, you, you spend a week waiting for the, for the Sunday game. And be successful is something that, you know, everybody desires. But me, myself, first was uh, incredible when we won the world cup you can really feel that you can touch the sky with with your arms with kissing the sky yeah. <laughs> at some point because the joy that uh, came out was uh, absolutely insane and it's also difficult to describe to be honest because it's a feeling to be complete in, in sports of course in football but because sports takes everything from you and you give everything to sports you're involved 100 percent, 24 hours per day uh, seven days a week uh, it's your life so that's why it become that important and alessandro you know i mean i love talking about football but i'm also here for like, for the music aspect of this podcast and i know that you like and actually love music and have uh, you're a fan mm. of incredible bands i actually heard a story um, I want to know if it's true or not, um, that you have a good relationship with Noel Gallagher um, from Oasis and that you gave him one of your boots from the last Serie A that you played and you gave Liam the other boot. Is that true? Yeah, it's, it's true. We are good friends. Um, Amazing. The funny thing is it's actually another one because we are friends. I invited for the semifinal in 2006 uh, Noel mm -hmm. to watch the game. And I give him a jersey, of course, you know, and we met before the game. And because we won, it was the most iconic game, by the way. We won against Germany in Germany. So it was great. I scored. Yes. So he started to say, well, I'm the lucky guy. So I need to come back for the final as well. So, <laughs> so I need to provide him a ticket for the final. And uh, He was the mascot. <laughs> yes. So we won the final. So imagine what happened later. Yeah. And he started to say to everybody, you know, Italy won because of me. It was, it was, a, it was really funny. But, you know, we're talking about uh, guys like him, uh, Liam, uh, super fan of Man City in England. And uh, England, of course, but, you know, very nice guy also. In, in, in friendship, in the relationship. So he was really there to support us and uh, we enjoy. So there's a few more stories, but maybe for the next time. <laughs> nice. That's a great story. Um, I, wa I want to ask you about a particular moment with another great band. Uh, your moment uh, just after the FIFA World Cup, uh, where you and Marco Materazzi appeared on stage at the Rolling Stones gig. You have a thing with legendary bands. 
What was it like standing in front of 70,000 music fans? And was it different to playing in front of 70,000 football fans? Yes, that's a funny story. Straight away, you know, we got invited and, and they asked us to come on, on the stage during the concert. So we walk in, Matarazzi and I, we walk up and actually I don't know what to do. Because Mick Jagger was singing. <laughs> wow. Everybody playing the music. Everybody was super exciting. You know, they announced us. Uh, the people went crazy. Wow. We don't know if they went crazy for us or because they were enjoying the concert. But the atmosphere was absolutely super fun and super happy. You know, we take a couple of minutes on the stage and then we walk off. Was, was di- it's completely different than when you play in front of your fan or other fans, you know, in your game, because it's something that is not belong to us, you know, singing mm-hmm. or playing. But did you actually stay on stage for the for a song and you were dancing there? Or were yeah. you just like saying hi and, and ciao a tutti? And yeah, we say hi, we ch- they were singing and uh, Kate Richard as well. Everybody were very exciting. I didn't dance, to be honest. I probably yeah. do something, but did something, but not that much. <laughs> yeah. What song was that? I don't even remember, Alvaro. Yeah. I mean, I was so <laughs> confused. And I say, they put, yeah, yeah, go, go up, go, go close to Mick Jagger. He's going to take care of you. Okay. We go up, we went up and they say, now what? How much are we going to stay? Yeah, exactly. When are we going to go out? From where? Oh. I mean, there's nothing. Totally chaos. Crazy. Uh, awkward but, moment. Yeah, awkward, but. At the end, super fun, <laughs> to be honest. Amazing. And, you know, because you're such a music fan, is there something that, I mean, I guess the music also influences the way you play or maybe even the way you prepare for a match? Yeah, I grew up with the band that you say, of course, I love bands. I uh, love you too as well. And this is how I grew up. And then I listened a lot to my childhood, Madonna, a lot, Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. you know, and the Genesis and Phil Collins that, you know, and then of nice. course, uh, amazing Italian singers like Ramazzotti and, uh, and then Giovanotti, uh, and, uh, Pavarotti as well, because my father loved uh, lyrics yeah. uh, and, uh, and opera music. And, and we went to his concert as well, you know, um, incredible joy to, 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 to join one yeah. of these concerts with the three tenors. So uh, music, was very diverse during my career because my career was quite long. Mm. And then I end up, of course, with the other ones, including, you know, disco music, tech music that, you know, give you a lot of power and, and depend of the moment that you are. For example, when I was training, I would speak a lot of songs of Ennio Morricone. Okay. I know it sounds weird, but uh, give me, give me, give me an incredible, you know, concentration. Mm. We, we pick music with kind of exercise, you know, something, something yeah. specific that you need to do. I, I love playing music, I love listening to music, and, and before the game, you know, I remember, you know, for us, the moment before the game is very important. You know, when you go into the locker room, one hour and a half, you know, we used to be very quiet, you know, cheer each other a little bit, you know. And then one time we went to to UK to play against Manchester United. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Five minutes before the game, they were listening loud, loud music in the locker room because the locker room are close to each other. So yeah. people like la- loud music, you know, you know, are singing and say, what's going on here? I mean, <laughs> it's also was also a moment to understand, you know, everybody feel different about the moment, how to express themselves 
and how they can you know, bring energy from something. Yeah. And it doesn't matter, it doesn't count that if you're listening to music, you don't pay attention to what you have to do five minutes later inside the pitch. Yeah. So because maybe you studied before, earlier. So everybody has a different approach of, of the music and of, of the pitch. Yeah. Uh, and that's just nice. I mean, and we won that game, so... <laughs> no, I, I totally get it. Like, what if you would have to pick a song like right now? If you would go, like, you're almost ready to go on the on the game now on the pitch. What song would you play now? Uh, I'm gonna pick uh, maybe some of Calvin Harris or David Guetta. Oh, nice. Uh, specific, you know, Summer of Calvin Harris or Titanium or David Guetta. Great songs. Those two, yeah, those two different. Give, give me different kind of vibes. Both are super great from my point of view. You shot a Talking about um, something else in football and also far away from music, but still with a lot of love to it because you opened up a restaurant in LA that's called Number 10. Tell, <laughs> tell us about it. How did you do that? Yeah, I opened it four years ago and then we went through the pandemic, of course, uh, in this last year. But uh, I had this uh, incredible idea because food, I'm, I'm a food lover, first of all. Mm -hmm. And then as a footballer, you need to be very picky with what you eat. Mm. The quality of the food is very, very important. So I found out at the end, I say, you know what? I'm going to stay here in LA. My kids are here. We're here. So what is the better idea, you know, to enjoy the food the best? So let's open the restaurant so I can do whatever I want. That's the best idea. <laughs> Ali, I'm, I'm moving to LA, right? Really? So please give me a reservation in your restaurant. I wore number nine. So number nine will come to number 10 restaurant <laughs> uh, and I will have some good food in, in LA. Listen, <laughs> if you want, I'm going to cook for you, oh, even wow. though I don't recommend, <laughs> but, but <laughs> I'm going to book the table number nine okay. for you. Every night. <laughs> Every night. It's a date. What is the best dish? What, what, should I, what should I look forward to ordering? Oh, listen, we had uh, an incredible... Now, for example, we, we are seasonal. Uh, so oh, okay. we have uh, some dishes that stay all year and then we are seasonal. Now it's a truffle season. It's very incredible, particularly truffle season. And we had an incredible night last night eating truffle everywhere on the, on the oh, eggs nice. with tagliatelle with the, you know on the and but definitely pasta is one of the best items that we have of course and and then we have uh, several main courses also uh, you know like uh, Milanese 
Uh, like, I actually uh, have the, the menu open here. I just went onto Google because I was so <laughs> curious <laughs> and I opened up the menu. I yeah. can tell you, you have an incredible branzino, which is actually my favorite fish. Exactly. Oh, um, branzino. Wow. Yes. Milanese. But so I, think, good. I think I would go with either lobster paqueri. Lobster paqueri is, is definitely the most uh, iconic uh, yeah. pasta that we sell. It's the most sell that we have. Or cacio pepe. I think I will go with classic uh, cacio pepe today. Cacio pepe. <laughs> if see. I would be there yeah. right now, I would go with cacio pepe. You see, there's many items, uh, any, so you can pick one every day, yes. different. So. Well, this is, uh, this is honestly the top of my list. When, I, when I'm in LA, I'm coming. I'm coming to number 10. For sure. I'm also going to do that. I mean, I will also uh, knock on the door. <laughs> I, join I, I join me, guys. It's, you know, we have yes. incredible weather. I mean, give me company. Yeah. We can do podcasts from here. Okay, so now we're going to move into a quick fire section. Uh, there are going to be some football and music questions. We just want the first thing that comes to your head. So really quick, the questions are kind of arranged in past, present, and future. Uh, so let's start at the beginning. Okay. Alessandro, what is your first musical memory? Probably Michael Jackson with Thriller. Ah. Nice. <laughs> nice. Very yeah. good one. What was the first match you went to? Uh, you're talking about, you know, big games in Serie A was Udinese versus Juventus. Okay. Okay. Uh, in, in 1990, probably. Yeah. Long time ago. Udinese because Udinese was the closest place mm. to you from my hometown. So I got the chance to, to see Juventus. Wow. And, we, and we've said that you're a footballing legend yourself, but who was your football hero? I grew up as a Juventus fan uh, in the era of uh, Michel Platini. So he was oh, my wow. idol. Okay, that is, a, that is a big one. And bringing it into the present, who is the greatest person you've met in the music world? Obviously, we've talked about Oasis, we've talked about Rolling Stones. Oh, we're, we're not talking about uh, Alvaro, right? So. <laughs> yes, well, grazie. Uh, I, I pay you later, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not an easy question. I mean, I had the chance to meet Bono and that I really like what he developed with the YouTube during several years and also outside yeah. the pitch. Wow. Uh, but I mentioned before Pavarotti and he's... And, and now I'm at Bocelli, that is kind of the continuation of the opera. Yeah. And, and I believe Pavarotti was absolutely unique in many points of view. It was the first one approaching the music in a different way as well, you know. I mentioned Bon and Pavarotti in Sarajevo, you know, a long time ago to, to cheer up, you know, a devastated country uh, and the, after the war. And mm. yeah, definitely he was such a, a nice person and incredible artist yeah. yeah actually we had the pleasure to interview um Matteo Bocelli um yes. and Andrea Andrea came to one of my shows also that was such a pleasure for me I was super nervous when Andrea came to my show because <laughs> I was like I really have to sing well today yeah and it was it was good it was a Forte di Marmi what a beautiful place yeah it's 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 another incredible artist I mean yeah and, and lovely person you know when yes. when you match both you, you got super fascinated yeah you must have traveled around the world. So where is the best place that football has taken you? Italy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, don't get me wrong. I have a possibility through, through football to go anywhere, you know, from Iran to China, Japan, Australia, US, South America, Argentina, Brazil. I mean, 
all this country love football, but definitely for for what I was born and through all my career, Italy is still the place that I love the most. Yeah, I totally get it. I also would say my hometown is there's something good about you know going away to learn how beautiful your own country is you know yeah just on that alessandro i I've, i wanted to ask i mean obviously you love your country and you're in la now is there a reason why you didn't you know stay on maybe on an executive level with juventus you know why why did you move to la and and did you have the opportunity to stay maybe do some coaching maybe work on the executive side We moved in Australia first for two years when I end my career and I played there for two years. And then yeah. on the way back, I decided to stop in Los Angeles, you know, to give a different kind of vision for my kids. I have three kids, two boys and one girl, uh, a different kind of vision of what could be the world. You know, after 37 years in, in Italy and 19 in Torino, I say I start traveling the world so much and I enjoy, you know, meeting new people new cultures, uh, new food, uh, <laughs> and, and, and discover, discover new, new things, you know? So LA was always something, you know, on my bucket list. And I say one time mm. I'm going to live there for a short period because I fell in love with the Lakers in the eighties with Magic Johnson and Korean Blue Jabbar nice. and all that stuff. So Los Angeles, when you go up in Italy, Los Angeles and US was, you were dreaming to go to US. It, it, things of freedom and other stuff. So I say, oh, this is the, the perfect time. My, my kids mm -hmm. still not old and they can go to English school and, and learn English much better than myself. <laughs> that I was struggling and I still sometimes don't understand what's no, going perfect. on. But, uh, uh, and that's how everything started. Uh, uh, I didn't talk with Juventus yet to talk about any kind of job with them. I'm still uh, in a great mm. relationship with them. You know, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna meet them once, twice a, a year. We're gonna meet each nice. other sometimes. I know friends. I have friends here. So, but we didn't talk about future. And I open up different kinds of ideas in business now. Uh, but yeah, nice. It might be a time. Well, I don't know when to go back and 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 start another chapter of my life. Well, looking, I mean, talking about future, um, the next question is, do you have any tickets, um, you know, for any show or any festival in the near future, like Alvaro Soler show, for example? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I assume that when I say yes for this podcast, I mean, I have four tickets, not two, four on your concert, <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. This is what the production told me. But They told you that? Yeah, they told okay, me that. I think we might have to cut the podcast here. Thank you guys for listening. It was great. <laughs> Wait, I don't... <laughs> I don't even have I don't even have a ticket and I'm his co-host. I mean that yeah. wouldn't be fair. You didn't Come on, Alvaro. <laughs> Come on. Go on, Alessandro. I think we can I think we can work something out. <laughs> Let me talk to my manager and I think no, of course I can do that, man. I it would be an honor to have you on my show. Yeah. Uh, no. I, I'm very curious and I I want to know stuff, you know. In US I've been to baseball game and American football game, you know. So mm. to discover, you know, how they live the sports here that are two of the biggest uh, sports here. I went to a hockey game uh, oh, and wow. then, of course, concert. Uh, I've been to Madonna concert. I've been to different kind of concerts, uh, concert as well. And when you live in a big city, of course, there's a, such a, a great number of opportunities where you can go. Yeah. LA, there's so many things you can do. And, um, you know, talking also about the future, is there anything special um, that you have planned for, for this next year? 
I'm working to technology world more. So I'm planning mm-hmm. to do a few interesting projects. Uh, and then, you know, still continuing taking care of my kids as best as I can because uh, cool. work is always important. I have a possibility to, to do what I love in my life, to throw, follow my passion that is, you know, football. So that's his prices from any point of view. Uh, and then if I have a chance, you know, to have such a good time with them as well in this particular age, they are 14, 12 and 11. So it would be good because I know for my experience at some point they're going to fly. So yes, <laughs> they are. there's no anymore. Oh, daddy, can you help me in this? Can you do this? No. So they, they actually, <laughs> they are already a lot mature. So I'm happy to follow them as much as I can. And then at some point they're going to take off for sure. And I hope follow their passion and discover the world in, in a good yeah. way. I love that. That's beautiful. Beautiful. Alessandra, thank you so much. It's been such an honor to speak to you, to talk about your journey and all of your success. So thank you for coming on the FIFA Play On podcast. Uh, We were so excited about this one. And remember, remember my reservation in number 10. I'm coming. I'm coming to Annie, thank you. Your table is there. Uh, And uh, it was nice chatting with you. Alvaro was nice uh, also chatting with you and uh, I'm going to send you the address for the tickets. You let me know. Yes, do that. Where, you do that, please. The time, will, you know. I'm going to do if, that. Uh, please include also, the, you know, the, that kind of experience that you come on the backstage, you, you meet yeah. the singer, the meet and greet, photos, meet and, meet and greet. And stuff. Uh, include also <laughs> that, uh, the pass, okay? Yes, I will do it, like with some little food things, some little beverages. Yeah. Oh, è stato un vero, un vero piacere. Grazie mille per il tuo tempo. Grazie. Um, So che stai facendo un sacco di cose. Sono contento di parlare con te e ci vediamo molto presto. Grazie. Thank you, man. Thank you very much, guys. Grazie. Thank you. Grazie mille. Grazie. Ciao. Ciao. Amazing chat. Now, I don't know if I can take the suspense. The tension is at feverish level. It's the decider. It's the final episode of Versus and there's a lot to play for. So, let's get into it. Okay, this is Versus. This is the section of our show where my co-host and I go head to head. We'll set a different challenge each week and just like in any football match, the winner takes three points, it's one for a draw and the loser gets a big fat zero. We're going to add up at the end of each challenge to see how we're doing in the FIFA Play On Podcast League and see who will be crowned the eventual FIFA Play On Podcast Versus champion. Alvaro, what do we have this week? Well, Lenny, we are given a scenario and three options this week. And, you know, it might be players, might be teams, goal scorers, etc. And our job is to put these options in the correct order from lowest to highest. You know, so it could be the highest scorer. Um, so there's going to be three full bars and we have to guess which one's the lowest, the middle and the highest of those. Whew. Are you ready for this? This is our last game. This is the final, huh? I'm uh, admittedly, I'm actually quite nervous because this is this is Spain against England. This is Spain against England, and this is uh, yeah, this is this is nerve-wracking stuff. So hit me with the first question. Right, Annie. Uh, so three legends of African football, but who has scored the most career goals at the African Cup of Nations? Put these players in order from lowest to highest: Didier Drogba, JJ Okocha, and Samuel Eto'o. Okay. And the African Cup of Nations. This is tough. Three legends right there. Yeah, incredible. Three African giants. 
Samuel Eto'o, I think, I believe was Cameroon. Yeah, Eto'o was Cameroon. And Didier Drogba, Ivory Coast. Okay. I'm going to go for the least is Samuel Eto'o. Mm-hmm. Second is Didier Drogba. Okay. First is JJ Okocha. All right. You ready for the answer? I think so. So the correct answer is seven goals by Nigeria's JJ Okocha, followed by Drogba with 11. And at the top of the pile, 18 goals of Samueleto. That was a very tough question, but you know, I tried. Yes. Okay, starting on home territory for you with some Spanish legends. Put these three in order from lowest to highest of the number of appearances they've made for their country. Sergio Busquets, Sergio Ramos and Gerard Piquet. Okay, I'm struggling. I know Sergio Ramos has done the most appearances. How do you know that? I Because I have a feeling, I don't know. I would say Busquets third, Piquet second and Sergio Ramos uh, first. That is incorrect. No. The lowest is Delap Piquet with 102. Oh, I mixed it up. I knew it. Second is Sergio Busquets. And you did get yeah. this right. Sergio Ramos has 180 appearances for Spain. Oof. So that is 0-0. Zero, zero. I'm still in the game. So tense. This is the final question. Oh. Winner takes all. Yes. Okay. I actually really want to win this. You really want to, huh? I mean, we said that, you know, we have to run around the streets that scream in each other's name if we lose. But, okay. The France team won the 2018 Men's World Cup in Russia, netting 14 goals along the way. But can you put these three international teams in order from lowest to highest, according to how many goals they scored in the tournament that year? The three teams are England, Spain and Belgium. So I was there. England got to the semi-final. Mm. And I, could, I recall them scoring five against... It was a group game. So they scored five goals. They scored one, I believe, against Belgium. It was 1-1. Wow. There's incredible memory there. Colombia, I think they scored two. Belgium got to the quarterfinals. So Belgium got knocked out before England. Spain had a, I think Spain had a bad World Cup. Um, Did we? I'm gonna go with lowest is Spain. Mm, thank you. Second is Belgium. First is England. This is your final question. This is the answer that could make you a winner or a loser. Put me out my misery. Hurry up! <laughs> Before anything happens, I'm just super happy to have done this with you. It's been a great time. That's really and, nice. Uh, thank you. Can I have the answer, please? Yeah. <laughs> So the correct answer is the lowest with only seven goals was my beloved Spain who went out in the round 16. Next came uh, your beloved country, England, who reached the semifinals with 12 goals. Oh my God, you're joking. And the highest scorers were my grandmother's origins nation, Belgium, who batched 16 goals. Woo! Oh. <laughs> okay, now all pressure wow. is on. Wow! Monsieur. The pre- listen, the pressure is absolutely on you. Okay, put these international teams in order from lowest to highest of how many women's World Cups they've won: USA, Norway, yeah. and Germany. I mean, I would say I heard that uh, USA won twice, right? If I if I uh, heard correctly in our podcast. Are you, like, smiling? Is it... I'm not going to help you. (laughs) Okay. So USA is first for me. Germany and Norway. Yeah. I would say Norway, number three. Germany, number two. USA, number one. (laughs) (laughs) No, come on. Oh, my God. 
my god I, I hate i hate to lose and i hate to say it i'm really quite devastated about this moment at the last bit and is it football question i've been leading all the way through this bloody thing and now i've lost yes. because you're correct oh woo! The top, yes. the, the USA have won four, four World Cups, Germany have won two, Norway have won one. I'm just kind of, I can't believe this. Oh, incredible. Well this done, is, Wow. Wow. Thank you. Thank you to my fans, to, to my family again. This is such an incredible moment. Alvaro, it's been an incredible experience. I say it with gritted teeth that you are the FIFA Play On Podcast champion. 1815 we we battled it out it was like olympic level podcast challenge playing i was ahead for most of it which is why i'm absolutely devastated that i now have to grant you the championship but you know well done you you beat me at the finish line oh, thank you that's i think you know it was great it was a great um you're a great partner to to, to battle against in these kind of tournaments it wouldn't have been as exciting with somebody else really honestly the fact that you won it with a women's football question does give me some peace and consolation thank you for the knowledge thank you for that oh man it's okay it's okay Yeah, oh my god, I, this is incredible. I haven't, like, I wasn't expecting this. Uh, I'm sorry, Annie. Um, I don't think I've ever been more proud of myself, ever. <laughs> if I'd got a trophy for winning, uh, you know, I would put it in my trophy room if, if I had a trophy room, of course. Well, that's about all for another episode and another series of the FIFA Play On podcast. What a ride it's been. Thanks to everyone who subscribed, uh, listened, told a friend, uh, talked about it, left a review or just enjoyed the podcast. Uh, it's been a real pleasure to be part of it. Make sure you give us a five-star rating on your podcast platform of choice. Don't forget to follow me, Annie, and FIFA on the socials. Man, it's been, it's been an amazing ride. Thank you so much. Just goodbye from me. Take care and we'll see you soon. Ciao.